Hi, it's David Teller, and you're listening to P.S. Tape Recorder. Huh? Yeah, we're doing it. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Paul Morrissey on how some people perceive the NBA. And it seems like they always try to make NBA locker rooms seem like a scene out of a prison movie. Or <laughs> or like the White Shadow locker room where they're, they're sharing two spigots uh, yeah. singing Duke of Earl acapella. <laughs> we'll hear more from Paul in just a few minutes. We'll talk uh, some NBA, some 70s era Uh, TV shows, comedy, podcasting, all sorts of other things. Uh, We are also going to suffer through some of my stand-up. I was in the Funniest Person in Cincinnati contest a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Feel free to fast-forward right to the Paul Morrissey interview. Uh, But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. The winner of last month's $500 million Powerball jackpot has come forward in Florida. The 84-year-old woman took the prize in one lump sum, not surprisingly. Family members gathered at her home to say congratulations and BOO! (laughs) Actually, Gloria McKenzie has no close relatives yet. Attorney General Eric Holder said on Thursday that members of Congress were fully briefed on the intelligence gathering program that included daily collection of telephone records from Verizon Communications. In other news, Congress has renewed its deal with AT&T to be the exclusive cell phone service provider for Congress. Pope Francis broke with another papal tradition on Thursday and revealed he will not spend his summer in the lavish palace in the hilltop town of Castle Condolfo, host to popes for centuries and a favored retreat of his predecessor, Benedict. Vatican spokesman Father Federico Lombardi said that Francis would stay in the Vatican City over the summer and work on his music. In response to criticism of the Department of Justice's secret surveillance of and seizure of records from reporters, Eric Holder testified on Thursday that during his service as Attorney General, no reporters have been or will be prosecuted for doing their job. Those not doing their job, however... Internal Revenue Service officials on Thursday tried to tame another scandal plaguing the agency, apologizing to lawmakers for a lavish 2010 conference in California that included an elaborate Star Trek spoof training video. And uh, substitute elaborate for not funny. When Paramount Studios, which owns the Star Trek license, first saw the video, they made plans to sue. Upon finding out it was an IRS video, they said, oh, um, no, never mind, forget it, that's cool. A legislator from Canada's ruling Conservative Party has quit unexpectedly and accused the government of being secretive and overly controlling, boosting pressure on Prime Minister Stephen Harper as he tries to maintain a scandal over expenses. It's so cute how when this Canadians try to imitate us, isn't it? Colorado became the eighth U.S. state to grant driver's license to illegal immigrants under a measure passed this week. Under the bill, the applicants must show they live in Colorado, have filed a state income tax return, and provide proof of their identity from their home country. Doesn't this sound like that deal they had a couple years ago where they used to send letters to people with outstanding arrest warrants saying they'd won a TV and when they showed up, they arrested them? France's unemployment hit a 14-year high in the first quarter of 2013, casting fresh doubt on President Francois Hollande's goal of reversing the rising jobless trend by year-end. In defending his record, President Hollande said, To be fair, most of the unemployed surrendered their jobs. Huh? Huh? And that's been Fake News with me.
For the third year in a row, I entered the Funniest Person in Cincinnati contest, and for the third year in a row, I didn't advance. Now, I'm not griping. In fact, I was very satisfied with my set, and if, if you're going to suffer through it uh, now, I appreciate that, and let me know what you think. But um, if you're going to enter one of these contests, the lesson I have learned is bring a lot of people to vote for you. And here's why I say that. Uh, three people advance in the uh, amateur uh, round, which is what I was in, and uh, two of the guys that advanced brought a lot of people. There's no other way to say it. Because when they brought us all up on stage at the end so people could remember who they were voting for, um, they introduced these two guys and the whole place went, yay! Like that. And um, it wasn't because they were, you know, super, super funny. Um, unlike the third guy uh, who didn't bring anybody, a friend of mine named Kevin Jones. And by the way, I want you to go to Rooftop Comedy, type in Kevin Jones. It's very easy. And uh, you'll see a rather large gentleman with a beard being very funny. And in fact, some of his older stuff is on there, and he's gotten a lot funnier since then. But uh, he smashed it, and he didn't bring anybody to vote for him, and he moved on, and rightfully so. But I think I had a pretty good set, is all I'm trying to say. And uh, you can listen to it. I, I got steady laughs. I didn't get any, like, huge outbursts. But to my surprise, I did actually have to stop, pause, wait for the laughter to die down. I know, right? And then, then continue on to the next joke. So, all right, here it is. It's only five minutes long, and uh, we can all get through it together. Here it is. Trying to get that. 
started doing as well as other dads, though. I read about this guy who was in Detroit or something. He got pulled over driving his van. Well, he wasn't driving his van. His 13-year-old daughter was driving his van. Driving him to the convenience store to buy more beer. I can't even get mine to bring me one from the refrigerator. That's not this guy's secret sauce. And that, sure, it's both. That's not that. That's um, my wife's friend uh, went to smoke up the herbs, and I'm not judging, that's your thing, that's cool. Uh, and I don't know what the cliche the people do that are old enough to do crazy things, but this guy wants to go to the Middle East because he heard people there can be publicly stoned. Morrissey is a comedian you may have seen on The Late Show with David Letterman, The Craig Ferguson Show, The Conan O'Brien Show, or maybe even The Tonight Show starring Jay Leno. He has a new podcast he just started called The Alley Podcast, and he was kind enough to take some time out to speak with us about comedy, podcasting, and 70s-era TV shows. Here's our interview with Paul Morrissey. Okay, joining us on PF Tape Recorder, it's comedian Paul Morrissey. Paul, how you doing? Hey, I'm great. How are you guys doing? Or how are you doing? But I'm talking to your listeners, too. There you go. Include them, you know? <laughs> All 100 of them. No, there's, <laughs> there's more. There's a few more than that. Um, there's an army. There's an army. It's the P- PF's army. 
So let me see. Last year, uh, you were on the football podcast, and then I just spoke to you for uh, City Pages. So I think it was like in the fall uh, we we chatted, uh, but we just talked football. So what's new since uh, last summer for you? I know you got a new podcast of your own. Yeah, the Alley Oop podcast is uh, taking over my life, unfortunately. It'll do that. It's a lot of work, but it's been a ton of fun. I mean, we have comedian Larry Miller, Jim Gaffigan. It's basically all the people I ever wanted to interview in my own selfish way. And yeah. then, uh, <laughs> and then to have uh, you know my time to to talk and ask them the questions that I want to ask them is a pretty cool thing. You know, I love that TV show Deadwood. I don't know if you ever yeah, seen that. Yeah, yeah, it was on uh, Showtime, wasn't it? HBO. Okay, it's it's Netflixable. I know as well. Oh, is it now? I think okay. so. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to start watching that. That was on the show possible list of shows to to start watching. One of my favorite up there was Sopranos. One of my favorite dramas. And so there's a guy W. Earl Brown, who's one of the the main uh, main thugs. He plays Dan Doherty, and he also and he came to my show one time, and I said, "Hey, do you want to do this podcast?" Because Basically, I wanted to just talk to him about Deadwood, and then I found out also he played uh, the brother in uh, "There's Something About Mary." Oh wow, Warren, yeah. So and so every one of these people that I meet that I already I think fascinating, I learn more. So the podcast is just another way to just talk about that. And uh, you know, I had Mike Royce on, who he was a comedian uh, that's from my area of upstate New York, and he also was the showrunner on Lucky Louie and and won a couple Emmy Awards writing for Everybody Loves Raymond. But more importantly, in my eyes, he was the one who wrote uh, the catchphrase when uh, Ray Romano hosted Saturday Night Live, Sweet Sassy Molassie. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, it's, uh, they did an ESPN spoof, basically, and um, and it was the first time Ray Romano hosted SNL. And uh, okay. he brought couple writers with him and, and oh. like one of the guys and so it was basically Tim Meadows just saying booyah 40 times and huh. then Ray Romano just making up all these ridiculous catchphrases and Stuart Scott being offended by his dumb catchphrases <laughs> I don't know you could bring your own writers to Saturday Night Live I think if you're if you're a known star with maybe your own show because I think he bought he brought in Phil Rosenthal mm. and like oh, a couple yeah. of guys I, I know there's definitely some some people that I think I heard a story about like Steven Seagal trying to bring in like a ton of writers <laughs> to write all his stuff, or uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I'm sure brought in a couple guys because they're huh. you know they're comedians and guys that know them. I, I mean they don't take over the writing, right, right, by any means. But I think you know. But that actually was was one of the reasons that Mike got brought on to be a writer on Everybody Loves Raymond because he kind of yeah. kind of stepped up to the plate when they needed it, you know, because they still only have. A couple of days to prepare that show, so um, they just need guys that can throw in a quick joke here and there, and and uh, yeah, so that was it, it was a cool way to just be able to talk to those guys. I mean, we still end up talking about sports, you know. Like I, I've been friends with Jim Gaffigan for probably ten years, and I had no idea he played college football at Georgetown. So. I didn't know that either. <laughs> so I've interviewed him before for print, and when I came time to get him on the podcast, he was already too big. So I couldn't, I couldn't swing it, get him on. Oh, but, um, okay. Very nice well, yeah, couple times I talked to him. Catch him uh, I, it's not necessarily too big, but it's, um, it's five kids in New York City. And, um, <laughs> and a TV show. He was doing the show on TBS at the time and touring oh, okay. when he wasn't doing yeah. that. So, yeah, it's, he's, he's, a, he's a busy man. And um, he wrote a book. That's uh, right. Well, I've done nothing the last three months. <laughs> uh, he come up with two, two new jokes. So the guy, 
Oh. He's he's a worker, man. But um, but yeah. So the podcast is just on alleyouppodcast dot com and and iTunes and everything like. That. Just been a cool cool kind of outlet for me just to be able to do something uh, once a week. You know how comedians' lives are kind of open ended and and pretty unpredictable. So that's the one kind of constant thing in my life every week is that I get to do the podcast and and have a uh, have a friend to chat with. <laughs> it is a fun vehicle. I've been able to interview some people. Uh, both through print and through the podcast especially has been more fun to interview people the guy i really wanted to interview i did for print haven't for um you're speaking of favorite people off your favorite tv show is uh andrew dice clay because he oh. before he was i knew him as dice he was one of the henchmen on crime story and i remember that show from the 80s oh Gang- my gosh gangster show. yeah so i saw him doing that first and then he was on roddy special i'm like what the hell is max goldman doing telling jokes and so uh, I told him that story. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I ran the Dennis Farina a couple weeks ago. I was watching all the DVDs, and that's uh, you know, <laughs> typical oh, dice character." Yeah, that, that impression wasn't though. He named his kid Max. His his uh, his son is a comic. That's right. Comic. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. In fact, I even tweeted out when I discovered that. I'm like, wait a minute. Is this is this an homage to his character from Crime Story? There you go. Wow. That's impressive, man. That's a show that I I've never heard of. I'll I'll make some white shadow references and and uh, stuff like that. Oh my, my, I, my buddy used to love that show. Yeah, it's very strange. I, I was talking about that the other day. How that was they're always talking about could you shower with a gay teammate? That was the big NBA thing when Jason Collins came out. And it seems like they always try to make NBA locker rooms seem like a scene out of a prison movie or. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or like the White Shadow locker room where there's they're sharing two spigots, yeah. uh, singing Duke of Earl acapella, <laughs> racing each other naked. <laughs> yeah, the one white guy named Salami too. Remember? That's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. And uh, was Coolidge wasn't or was that was at the high school? I can't remember now. I remember. Oh, that was yeah, Coolidge. There was. Uh, but you want to know? Here's the craziest trivia, and I only know this because, like, you know, just from working in TV and stuff now, that Salami is like the biggest director like he directed uh almost every sopranos episode and oh, boardwalk wow. empire that is some crazy trivia that's like ron howard type stuff right there that is man <laughs> and uh ken howard was the coach right is that yeah 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 there we go all right cool i know my 80s tv shows <laughs> so what else has been up besides apart from the podcast or is that consuming all of your time more into writing and stuff. I'm also, you know, acting. You know, I, t- I talk to my friends about I'm, I'm excited. I, I, find I have a really good acting agent, and um, I've been going out on a lot of stuff. And basically, I just told them while I'm in town not traveling, I like to go on just as much as possible. So even if, if it's a bit of a stretch, but it does, yeah, I, you know, I'm starting to work out more just because uh, the other day I was sent out on a Kevin James type uh, audition. So I don't want to get <laughs> I don't wanna get into that uh, that category just yet. Playing the comedian basketball league. My team is a uh, Sean Kemp's kids is the name of it. Play with a lot of. We've had Sarah Silverman was on our team. Oh she wow! Played in this year. So that's that's fun. It, you know, it's uh, it's kind of weird. I like taking a break once in a while from just traveling and doing the the clubs on the road and just staying in town and and writing new material and and working a bunch of the clubs in town. And it's always good to get back out again. Like I've I've been here for oh probably about a month, and uh, I'm ready to just get out and do do a bunch of longer longer shows. Because actually next week I got I got chosen to be in the uh, the Great American Comedy Festival 
and that's uh, the one that's in Johnny Carson's hometown. Oh, yeah, so. I just spoke to somebody else that's going to be in that, and I can't remember who it was. Oh, I know, um, uh, Bob Biggerstaff. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, I, there's a lot of names that I recognize, and then, you know, like uh, Dennis Regan, Alan Havey, uh, there's 20 of us, and they actually do do a sort of a competition, but it's hosted by Drew Carey. They fly us all out, and, and everybody gets money just for being there. And you perform in the Johnny Carson Theater that he built for his hometown. And uh, so it's just a really cool thing. And, and Stephen Wright's getting the, the Johnny Carson Award. Oh, so wow. it, everyone's told me it's just a, a great weekend and really cool experience. So I'm looking forward to that. And then, and then I come to Minneapolis to the House of Comedy the week after that. So I'm excited for both of those things. Cool. Uh, have you seen our old friend Jimmy Dore lately? I'm trying to think. Jimmy... Jimmy really took off with all this uh, radio stuff. Yeah. Not that he wasn't ever into politics. I mean, I always felt like, you know, if Bill Maher has that show, like, that's right up Jimmy's alley. Like, he, they should almost be on right after each other on HBO. I know, right? That's what I say. So, uh, so yeah, I'm glad to see he's doing, you know, he's staying busy with the radio. I know he does a lot of stuff with the Young Turks. I think he even kind of veered away from the podcast just to do more, uh, like mainstream mainstream radio, I guess. Yeah, just well, the, the radio show on KPFK is available as a podcast, but yeah, comedy and everything else, uh, they've kind of had to put on the shelf because he's yeah, doing the the KPFK show, then the Young Turks, and uh, both recommended, by the way, folks. And um, yeah, if it's right in that wheelhouse with Daily Show and Bill Maher, I mean, he should be he should be on Bill Maher's panel sometime. Yeah, I, uh, I went to, I want to say it was like maybe a pilot that they shot at the Young Turks uh, studio. This was months months back, but um, yeah, I knew he was already doing some stuff with them, and then I was hoping maybe that he was going to kind of launch his own show or at least his own segment. I mean, he's a guy that definitely deserves like a Lewis Black type treatment on oh, the yeah. Daily Show or something. You know, once a month or every couple of weeks, that would be really cool to see Jimmy on on something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah I've emailed him a couple of times, and he's just been uh, too busy to answer, which is good. That's you know, better, <laughs> better to be busy than not busy, is what I always say. Why well, I always take, uh, you know, especially since doing the podcast and, and being asked to do podcasts, I always try to get back to people a little bit quicker now. And most guys, if I find at least the second email, will at least go back and say, oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't respond to this. I'll be here. You know, so I try to try not to be too, too hard. And also, like, you know, there's a couple of people ask me to do stuff in in uh, the summer and uh, I'm just going to be in Canada for like four weeks. So I haven't even gotten to those emails yet so i i know how email gets overwhelming i'm one of those people too like on facebook there'll be people that are like i sent you messages like months ago and i was like oh because you got to figure out what the best way to get in touch with somebody is you yeah know? Like, yeah some people are phone people some people are email some people are uh you know texting or uh but but facebook i, I don't know i just never <laughs> I got. I used to get invited to like thirty things a day, and finally, I just uh, stopped reading them. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you uh, get mixed up going into Canada? You been there before? Or a big, big can of file. Uh, yeah, it's actually you know there's a there's a guy who you know Canada is basically run by this kind of McDonald's type chain called Yuck Yucks. That's and, right. Um, Never heard that. There's about a hundred of those, and. Um, me and my my buddy Moody McCarthy, who is a very funny comic, and he just did Letterman not too long ago. Um, we we're both in New York, kind of starving comics, and we booked a five week tour in Yuck Yucks. And then the day before it, the guy called and canceled it. And, uh, <laughs> and so we were like, 
what do you mean? You can't just do that. And apparently that's what they do to their comics all the time. They manage and book all the rooms in the comics. So they basically have a, a monopoly on comedy. So there's this club that opened up called Absolute Comedy. And uh, basically through Moody and I, they just started booking every, because they didn't, couldn't book any Canadians. They're not allowed to work there. So oh. Moody and I, they basically just booked every young up-and-coming New York City comedian uh, for the next three years. And so they basically got guys like me who, who were on Ferguson or Letterman or, you know, all the guys that were doing really well eventually in the next couple of years out of New York. We're all headlining and working there, and Moody and I both headline the club, and he'll MC for me, or you know, and I'll I'll MC a week once in a while if I can do it, because the the shows are sold. It's literally sold out seven days a week in Ottawa. It's like the best club I've ever been to. Like the, all these all these guys record their CDs there and stuff. So it's just been a real blast. And even now, the Canadian comics they've left Yuck Yucks to work there. So it's been kind of cool to do that. And they opened up another one in Toronto. So I usually do do those. You know, for about two weeks, and I also do the Comedy Nest in Montreal. So I usually do that run uh, once a year, whether they're all together, just depends on my schedule. But I was actually going to try to do, I did, I had a one person show, which I know it sounds a little artsy, but it was just about me being a, a terrible news reporter. And uh, I just showed a lot of the videos. I did at the UCB and in Montreal and Toronto and at a bunch of places here at the Improv. And I was going to do Edinburgh. That's how they say Edinburgh, I guess. You just say BR. I don't know if you, you've heard of that. I think it's festival. Edinburgh. I think my Scottish friend would say it's Edinburgh. Well, this guy, Matt Kirchin, yeah. was, he's a British comic. He said, I know Matt, say, yeah. Yeah, he, he's the one that told me, just say Edinburgh. Like, I don't know if I trust an Englishman on that. I'm going to get verification <laughs> from my friend. <laughs> well, I always, I always check, as is it Edinburgh or Edinburgh? Or how am I supposed to say it? And he goes, it's just Edinburgh. Like, oh, like, I know it's not Edinburgh. I know it's it's and I as in high school my uh and I think it was junior or senior year and our, our dopey civics teacher who I later found out was just doing he was some rich kid who was just doing this on a lark didn't know what he wanted to do so he just became a teacher and was figure out what he was gonna do so we're going through over our, our key words for the British Isles and he says Edinburgh is the capital of Scotland so I sheepishly raise my hand and go I uh, I think it's Edinburgh and he laughs at me like I'm the dumbest on the planet and the whole class laughs at me and go <laughs> and he goes well we're gonna use the English pronunciation and I'm like <laughs> that is English pronunciation, you dope. But yeah, I guess you didn't get an A in that. One. I did not get an A in that. He let, let, ended up beating up a kid right in front of us, and I got fired. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, the happy part of that story is I didn't go this year. So people <laughs> say it, that's a that's a rough uh, that's a rough gig. Sometimes it's like either people love it or hate it. It seems. Well, I mean, it's it's almost like comedy boot camp. You know, I I had a, a comic Jeff Cesario on on the oh, show. Yeah, I've talked talked to him years ago. Yeah, he's the executive producer on uh, Russell Brand's TV show on FX right now, and um, oh. and uh, and uh, he did Edinburgh, and um, his roommate was uh, Dana Gould, so he said he just wow. uh, you know hung out with Dana Gould for a month and did shows with him. But it is a long like I've tried to go, I I you know because I I just can't take a month off at this point yeah. and just go and basically that's what they said that you have to do, just do the show every day and promote it and and do all that kind of stuff so it's like a full month in another country yeah yeah exactly uh, and so uh i haven't i haven't been at the point where i can drop a month 
not that it would be completely, you know, obviously it would help my career, but um, just to do something for a month at this point isn't isn't doable. There's too many irons in the fire. And, there you go. And, you know, if one of them goes, then uh, it'd be nice to be able to have it all prepared and have something so big that I'd have to not do it. But yeah, I, I, I do hope to do something like that in the future. I really want to work overseas and uh, I, I like, that's one of the great things about the podcast is you just get a lot of people from other countries and the audience is kind of unlimited as far as who can stumble upon and and start listening to your your silly uh rant about you know the boston celtics or um you know i had larry miller on we talked about the movie midnight run for about 30 minutes so (laughs) so i like that anybody can kind of stumble on uh you know what you're talking about and enjoy it and and even catch it months later i don't know how how far back you have yours archived but i'll get somebody that that emailed me about some episode back in January and I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't realize people would just find something and just listen to all the episodes at once. So that's another cool thing that I didn't I didn't foresee with the with the podcasting. Well as Jackie Cation always tells her listeners that have discovered the show, feel free to go back and cherry pick. And that's what I advise my listeners to do. So. Yeah, I mean what what I usually end up doing, because I don't know if if you found this, but uh, you know, I'll stumble onto something like uh, somebody told me that David Letterman was on Alec Baldwin's podcast. Oh, I did not know that. And I was like, what? I was like, I I definitely would have heard about this. And then (laughs) sure enough, I look back and he has, you know, he's talking to David Letterman for an hour in his back office after the show sometime. And it's just like, just incredible insight on, and Letterman, as you'd never heard him before, you know, really relaxed and just talking about the old days and, um, I mean, I think it helps to have Alec Baldwin, the guy that he really respects and really wants to talk to as well. Like, I'm sure if it was somebody like you or I, we wouldn't probably get the same same uh, information, but I think those guys have a great rapport. So, yeah, I mean, stuff like that, there's all these hidden gems of... And, and I've also found it, you know, I've watched... Uh, I don't know if you're a big 30 for 30 watcher. I don't have cable anymore, but my one of my favorite sports documentaries ever was the 30 for 30, um, Who Killed the USFL, Small Potatoes. Yeah, I can watch that I mean, over and all over. of those are great. I don't think I've watched one that... Well, there was one on uh, Marion Jones. They made it seem like she got put in federal prison for like doing steroids. Yeah. And basically, there was like a million other things that she did wrong, which uh... they kind of skimmed over. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, but, but, but most of the other ones are pretty amazing. And just to show you how small the world is right now, I just... Watched and one of the only ones I hadn't watched yet was the one on Todd Marinovich. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard about that one. I literally, after I watched documentary last night, I emailed Todd Marinovich and uh, he emailed me back today, so he's going to be on my show Friday. Oh, awesome! Who did he play for? Um, hmm. uh, USC and then the Raiders. Um, Okay, that's right. And then basically, kind of his life spiraled out. I mean, it was okay. He was on heroin, heroin while he was. He threw like a ten touchdown game in the Arena Football League. Is, is, okay, yeah. I always get him mixed up with for some reason with Todd Blackledge, who isn't even his generation. I don't well, know why I do that. <laughs> and Omernovich played for um. Oh, was the, it was the LA Avengers? I'm thinking. Of. I thought he played in the XFL. Yeah. But did, did he yeah, play in the LA X? Avengers? And then he played. He tried to play in Canada. I think he got hurt like immediately. At least what it said on the documentary. But his big thing. You're, you're a little younger than me. He was in Sports Illustrated. And I want to say he was almost on the cover of Sports Illustrated, like as a fourteen-year-old, and his dad was like a strength and conditioning coach for the Raiders. And basically, 
bred him to be a football player. They called uh, him the Robo QB. Like uh, that was when uh, RoboCop was coming out. Yeah, so he yeah. he never had a Big Mac in his life or a Twinkie. Like everything was was a uh, you know he was just basically like bred like a like a horse to be a, a quarterback. You know he went to USC. And then when he we finally got some free time, you know, started to enjoy himself probably a little bit too much, and um, <laughs> and took him took him a while to get on back. But but from from the documentary, it seems like not only is he doing better, but you know his dad was kind of the same thing, where you know the the training and the football was his whole life, and now that he's kind of in the twilight years, you know, he he I guess they're both kind of uh doing some art together. Amazingly enough, I was looking at it, it's pretty amazing stuff. So they're doing like art shows in LA, him and his dad together and it's wow. it's really a great story because I think everyone thought just from kind of the spiraling that he and his dad would hate each other just from, you know, it's almost like the Tiger Woods and uh, Serena the Williams sisters, you know, when you have that that father that yeah, kind yeah. of too hard and you never know like if they're successful, then it seems like it's fine. But there's all these stories of it not being so successful either, and then, and then how how that kind of you know because the jury is still out on you know the Tiger Woods even you know because it's like yeah he became the the greatest golfer in the world for a long time, but but at what expense you know yeah like what you know because wow. obviously he's got his own uh, his own issues right now, which it seems like he's kind of rebounding from that maybe. But I've never seen any 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 interview with Tiger Woods that it seemed like he was, you know, a genuine person and 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 learned anything from this at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll uh, be sure to point people uh, toward the Aliu podcast from our Podbean page. But cool, man. Well, thanks thanks so much. And um, yeah, I'll get in touch with you if I'm heading your way. But cool. Yeah. So so it's that's still booking that because yeah. I I got an, I got an agent now, but I think I I had his email somewhere. Yeah. Love me turning all these people in this direction and bombarding them with his e- with his email, but <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, I'll, get, uh, I'll get in touch with him somehow because cool. yeah, Cincinnati. I definitely want to catch during the summer slash fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, great, man. We'll hang out. Come over do some trivia after the early show on Thursday. Yeah, definitely, man. Hey, thanks again, dude. Okay, Paul. Thanks. All right, we'll see. You. Thanks again to Paul Morrissey for being on the show. You can find all things Paul Morrissey at paulhasawebsite.com, and that'll direct you to the Alley Podcast. I'm sure you can just type Alley Podcast into your search uh, window in iTunes and find it that way as well, if that's how you listen to podcasts. And let me see, uh, the credits for the week, as always, music composed and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor, with a little help from me. Logo designed by Dan Cobel. We'll find him at TigerDactyl on Twitter. Like us on Facebook, follow me on Twitter at PF66, and next week will be the 100th show. I wasn't really going to do anything special, but it just kind of worked out this way. We're going to be doing a uh, sort of a semi-reoccurring series of homages to other podcasts and radio shows that I admire. Uh, Next week will be a surprise. Huge, huge guest helping out. I can't believe that I was actually able to pull this off, but uh, it's going to be great. I'm going to work hard putting it together as soon as I finish putting this episode together and dropping it on you. But uh, stay tuned next week for that. Uh, Two weeks from now, we will do our summer music festival for the two weekends because it's kind of a busy time for us here uh, in Cincinnati. Fangirls got band camp and and, uh, Lizzie Lou's going to be doing a play and stuff like that. So we're going to be very busy. And um, 
We'll be doing the uh, Summer Music Festival, but doing them as an homage to uh, a favorite podcast of mine and a favorite radio show of mine. So uh, please tune in for those. And uh, other than that, so long and thanks for listening. <laughs>